podcast where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Luke Barnwell. Coach Barnwell is the head coach at Sunrise Christian Academy in Bel Air, Kansas. Sunrise is a nationally recognized high school program that participated in the Geico Nationals this year. It experienced a lot of success in producing numerous high-level college players and even some pros. We talked to Coach Barnwell today about who's influenced him, how he builds culture, and about building a relationship with players for the future. I hope you enjoy this podcast and that you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Coach, I've, I've appreciated you from up close and afar, and, and I'm so glad that you're on the podcast today. Um, you've had a lot of success at Sunrise Christian there in, in Wichita, Kansas. And, uh, you know, just as, a, as an admirer, as a fan of sorts, uh, they, you know, I think how, how, does it, how does a young man from Wichita, you know, born and raised, uh, how, how did how did you learn about the game of basketball? So I grew up in uh, in Emporia, Kansas, about an hour north of Wichita. Okay, you know, small little town, and I didn't have a choice. My guy, <laughs> my 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 dad was on the men's basketball staff at Emporia High School, and my mom was a head girls coach at Emporia High School. So wow, uh, my daycare was get picked up from school by the managers and go straight to practice. So I was in the gym and following my, my mom and dad's teams around. And, um, you know, I think I, I think I had a, maybe a dream or vision of playing the NBA as a young kid, but always knew in the back of my mind, like, this is something I love doing. So my parents did. And, and um, it makes sense for me to continue that. You know, I didn't want to just stop a large portion of my life when I was done playing. So, um, I think I couldn't sit at a desk and be a accountant or yeah. a lawyer or anything like that. I just it's not uh, it's not enjoyable to me. So I, I had no choice, man. It was what was how I was raised. That's a good hand that 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 was dealt to you, coach. Really good hand. Yeah, considering uh, for yeah. sure, for sure. So having a, a mother and a father who were completely kind of gave themselves to the game as well. I, I, you, could, you could really say that, you know, when you make basketball a career and working with people, young people, a career, you're really giving yourself to the game and, and, and of course, the relationships that are built and all that. Uh, so what was your experience, you know, in, in high school at Bishop Carroll and also going on to college at Emporia State and Newman? What, what, was, uh, what was that like for you as a player? Well, uh, I think I was probably a a lot better in my mind than I actually was. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, we, we, we were, I was always a guy that probably, um, I didn't shoot that much. I just, you know, took open shots and I probably, I, I was really little growing up. So I played point guard probably my whole life. And then okay. my junior year, I grew, my sophomore year, I grew like six inches and, wow. um, was gang- gangly and, and uncoordinated at like six three, six four now, and and so then I, you know, um, wasn't really a point guard, but I always kind of had that 
framework in my mind of like how to play. And so, you know, I would never go for um, big numbers or anything like that. But um, I think I would always kind of impact winning wherever I was at just because uh, just thinking like a point guard. And that led me to back home to Emporia State. I, I played for David Moe. Um, okay. Some of you guys might know Doug Moe, who yeah, coached yeah. the Nuggets and, and played Carolina and the jerseys hanging in the rafters there. Big time coach. Um, yeah, yeah. So David, David uh, coached in Fort State for a while, and um, I did two years there. Um, I picked Emporia over Newman uh, in large part because that's where my buddies were at. Going back home, gotcha. and Newman was probably better fit for me as far as like um, my career. And then I ended up falling back there with Coach Potter. My brother played there for coaching. I was actually with Coach Potter um, two days ago for a couple hours. He's like family. So um, that was a, a much better uh, probably fit. But unfortunately, in college, I had two hip surgeries. Um, I had I separated I separated my right shoulder twice in the season. I had three concussions and pretty much everything that you can hurt, I probably did. And, wow, Coach. Um, so the four years of basketball weren't very um, fluid and very minimal um, – time of like being healthy and being able to contribute so um it, it didn't go probably in my mind how i would have wanted it but um you know hindsight 2020 not being able to play allowed me to kind of be probably more prepared for what i was going to walk into at a young age um you know instead of just playing four years and having a quote-unquote successful career um it, being on the sideline a lot you know you have to see the game a different way so um, it ended up being a blessing in disguise. You know, you talk about what you just said, quote unquote, sex, successful career, and I think that uh, you know, kind of, kind of go back what you were talking about being a point guard. And when I think about point guards, I think about they need to be somewhat of an extension of the coach. And you talked about your career being somewhat successful, uh, or quote unquote, it it not being one. But there's kind of a train of thought that says if you got what you needed, like you said, to be prepared for what you were walking into, that was pretty successful. Then I, I would, I would yeah. think. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, as a as a kid that you know, a young kid, like you know, you want you want to compete and you want to score and you want to do all this stuff. But yeah. um, r- right now, I know that all that stuff has prepared me for. Um, kind of the, the role that I walked into at Sunrise. So, um, and I, I'm super thankful for Coach Potter at Newman because he he kind of trusted me to do a lot of scouting um, my last year. That I had a second hip surgery. Um, I got to do a lot of scouting. And so That's cool, that, that in, in itself, you know, uh, you, you're breaking film down of every team in your league yeah. and you're, you're seeing so many different styles and so many different ways to play the game. And um, that, that prepared me more than any playing time or any, yeah, I mean, any of that stuff would have been fun at the time, but um, in reality, like scouting and doing all this stuff that I wouldn't have been able to do had I been playing um, really, really prepared me. So, you know, at 23, 22, you know, probably frustrated uh, and didn't yeah. see the success. At 29, I can, you know, look back and say, yeah, that's, that's, that was necessary, and without that, I wouldn't be probably where I'm at. You know, maturation is everything. Even even at the tender age of, of, of 39 for myself, 
I always look at those things like how can I mature, how can I grow as a coach, as a player, but most of all as a husband, as a father. You know, those right. are the, those are the things that if you can learn at a younger age, man, that is so valuable, and you can walk into here again a situation like you have, and have success. And by by the standards and the measure that you and the people that surround you, your your sphere of influence, consider success, and not necessarily yeah. you know the outsiders and the uh, naysayers or the critics. And then that's yeah. that's super valuable for for quality of life and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think you know even even that word. Um, you know, people would look at wins and losses and the guy shows and that. And like, you know, what's most successful for me is like you said, pe- the people that I've been around. Um, you know, the kids that I've been able to be involved in their lives. Like, there's there's guys that I coached six years ago that I mean, I was with one the other day. Uh, actually, two of them were on campus last week that I coached six years ago when I was 23. So, wow. uh, I mean, that that to me is and um if it's all done right the winning is the byproduct of it you know right right you know it's funny i had a thought this morning and then i should have tweeted it but you know i'm just maybe it's just i've been out in the sun too much last couple days at the beach and maybe that's kind of got to me but i thought to myself i used to do au ball a while back uh and mainly was revolved around coaching my 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 little brother uh and uh i've kept up with pretty much every kid that i coached at that in that on that platform, and my thought was to say, "Hey, AU coaches, how many of your guys that you've coached do you know what they're up to today?" And right, did you just use them? Uh, hey, high school coaches, how many guys have you graduated? Have you kept up with them, or did you just use them? You know, kind of that's the train of thought. So when you're saying, "I went back and I spent time with these guys," especially at the age of 23, coach, that's super young to be coaching high school ball, and and I, and I was there too, coaching high school ball around the same age, and uh, and I know like there's a connection there that if you can yeah. that if you can foster and and build relationships with young guys like that that that'll last a lifetime because they know you you either have it or you don't. The kids can yeah. sniff all that out. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, I man, I think I was figuring it out while they were figuring it out. You know, I mean, I coached. <laughs> That yeah. year, I was 23. I coached against junior colleges because um, wow. I was doing our fifth year program, and there was multiple guys on the floor that we were coaching against that were, you know, at Stewart. There's a 24 year old on the court. Wow. It was just, it was just funny, you know. I, I think I was figuring it out on the fly, but I had, I had really good kids, and yeah, that uh, helps. Kyle, my my old boss, is pretty awesome. So he he knew I was young, and he knew, um, you know, how to how to step in and help, and how to guide and lead. You know, he, he gave me the freedom to do what um, I thought was best, but yet yeah. also gave me pretty good advice and walking through that. And I think it, being young was an advantage because I could relate to a guy 19, yeah. I'm four years old from you, I just played. So yeah, um, in that aspect, it was an advantage. And I think that's probably why I still, I see Kevin Bryant, you know, and, 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 and Zach Brown. Um, last week, that I, when I was 23 coaching them, like we're still close, you know. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a little, little bit of an older brother situation, not so much a yeah. father figure. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I can do yeah, that. Absolutely. So, like you talked about, Coach Kyle. Coach Kyle's great coach. Uh, he he really yeah. he really, you know, just going back to the story of how uh, I guess Sunrise became to this level. Now that you've kind of stewarded to a national. Uh, Geico Nationals level, t- 
type type program. Coach Kyle really set a great foundation there. And can you speak to what, you know, did, did that influence you to become a coach as well, uh, along with your, your parents and, and, and kind of your situation in, as a player? Did, yeah, Kyle is uh, Kyle influenced who I who I am as a person as much as anybody probably. Um, and I only spent two years with him, so I, I I think I'm super grateful for his guidance. I mean, I think the fact that he had the vision for this little bitty private school in, in Bel Air, Kansas, um, that he went to when there was 20 students in the, in the school, like. Yeah. The fact that he had the vision to take um, our program and, and guide it to where it went, and he kind of who he was was somebody that I admired, and so how he carried himself daily, how he interacted with administration, how he interacted with his wife, how he interacted with his kids, how he interacted with his players, how he interacted with college coaches. Like I was able to just kind of follow him around, be a shadow. And um, a lot of teaching that he did was by doing. And then I was yeah. like following him around and seeing I, there's something different about Kyle that um, I, I did feel from Coach Potter. Coach Potter's the same, same type of guy, like, does it for the right reasons. There's something different about Kyle. And, you know, he, he took something that I'm telling you, Mike, like you've been in our gym, like took something that was like, ground zero like i don't even know if there's anything lower than ground zero but like lower than ground zero and i walk into a gym in april of 2013 uh actually i didn't walk in i crutched in because i just had had my second hip surgery uh it was my interview i I crutched into a gym at four o'clock in the afternoon and there's a pickup game going on and there was uh i would say six i think six high major guys on the court and I had, I'm in Wichita and I had no idea what was going on. And so, um, <laughs> yeah. he took something that, that really, uh, shouldn't be able to do what we do and his drive and, and kind of how he, how he, uh, built a culture of, of, you know what, we're going to have really good players, but we're going to do it our way and do it the right way. And, um, I was able to, what I always tell people is how built the Ferrari, man. He put all the nice bells and whistles on it, yeah. and he and he made it really, really good and really, really nice. And then he gave me the keys, and I just had to drive it and keep it on the road. And yeah. uh, because I learned so much of how he wanted things done, and yeah. how Sunrise was supposed to do things, and then it's just once that's established, it's so much easier to uh, maintain than have to go and do it yourself. And right. um, really, who he is. Uh, and how he influenced me. Um, there's not a day that doesn't go by that like I will be like, I Kyle would have done this or Kyle would have done that. Or wow. shoot, Mike, if I don't know, I'm picking the phone up and he's the first person I'm calling. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Um, that's that's what uh, you know. I can't give enough credit and enough. There's not enough words in, in the world to, to tell people how great he did here and and. Um, you know, I think ultimately he'll earn to eventually get his own job and, yeah. and do the same thing wherever he ends up. Yeah. No, uh, coaches like that walk the walk. And I think that's what, yeah. which, in essence what you're saying overall and how you're kind of breaking down who he was. And uh, and like you talked about for yourself about the right fit. 
there's no writer fit than where you're at starting your own program, taking it from ground level, like you said, here below ground level, like you said you did, because then there's a certain grace that's applied, and then you got to mm-hmm. steward it. And I think that's what what you're doing, man. You're, you're really stewarding it really re- well. Even though you're saying it's a Ferrari, I've never driven a Ferrari, but I would imagine it's the easiest thing in the world to drive. And once you get the hang of it, you're probably going a thousand miles an hour. And uh, yeah. so it's saying a lot, man. It's it's saying a whole lot with what you just said, and and that sounds yeah. like a special situation. Yeah, I think I think I I sometimes get too much credit, and he doesn't get enough. Um, and and there's a lot of people behind the scenes that don't get enough. You know, yeah. I mean, it's true. But he he's phenomenal. He deserves he deserves a chance to have his own team at some point, and I think you get it, and, and the world will see what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it, you know, I had a conversation with, with Phil Beckner the other day and we talked about what translates and he, he spoke of the fact how, and you know, Phil, how, how things yep. translate from, if you can do one thing at a certain level, it, it pretty much will translate to another level, higher or lower, it, it, yeah. it, whatever that level is. And I think just being a solid person, like you're talking about uh, Kyle Bean, that's going to translate at every level and, and that success kind of will, will follow you, not haunt you, but follow you. Yeah. So kind of, I agree. Yeah. So with, with that coach and, and kind of getting back to who you are and, and what you've done and how you've accomplished, uh, you know, certain things in your program. And, and I say your program because you said, you know, now you got the keys. So it, it's almost like, here's this responsibility but also same time, here's this honor, here's this uh, empowerment. Like you said, he gave you autonomy to do and, and you know, kind of be who you are and not who you're becoming. Was there ever a situation or a moment where you felt kind of discouraged and, and you basically almost gave up on, on the whole idea of doing what you're doing at this point? I mean, I think uh, just just naturally, I think that happens. Um, you almost got to fight yourself daily a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, basketball wise, uh, as a player, I, I when I transferred, um, I was in a pretty dark place in a poor state, and so at that point, I, I almost um, did that and almost was like, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, thankfully, I didn't. Um, and then I think. Being at Sunrise, you know, I think there's so many perks, man. There's so many good things yeah. to be here. Um, and one of those is not um, financial. And so um, yeah. it's not a it's not a high-paying job, um, which may be a surprise to a lot of people, but it's really not. It's um, a mom-pa deal here, and we just, you know, uh, make ends meet. And yeah. in that struggle, when, when Clutch uh, takes over your, your heart, sometimes you're uh, man, I gotta, I gotta go make money. I gotta go do this. Yeah. But um, thankfully, you know, uh, I was reading today about God provides manna each day, and, and the Lord's prayer says, yeah. to, you know, give us a day or daily bread. And I've been able to, you know, God's been able to bless, bless our work, and and I, I've not um, needed more than I could afford, and uh, that has been. Surely by the hand of God, and it's not. Uh, sometimes when I get in 
in my own way and, and myself comes out, I, you know, there's multiple times where you think, shoot, I can go take this gig or take that gig and get yeah. this money or that money. And it's like, those aren't to me, um, as good as what I have and, and money doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make my world go around. And so, yeah. um, there's multiple times where you're frustrated with something or you're, you know, I got this bill or that and it's like, man, I can't do this anymore. But, um, <laughs> the, the people, the people are so good and the kids are so good that kind of get you through it. Um, yeah. you know, um, that, that just, that's probably my experience. Um, uh, in that sense of like wanting to give up or whatever, you know, I, I can't lie. I sometimes like, man, I could just go get a desk job and make, make my good money and get my retirement and get yeah. this and get that. And, but it's like, I just think that would lead to such an empty life for me that, yeah. you know, initially it sounds great in your mind, but, um, you know, I just I know my purpose and, and my calling is where I'm at. So for the time being, I gotta kind of persevere some of those, um, temptations or thoughts yeah you know you, you we're always tempted to kind of jump into to different uh i guess uh roles in life that we're not called to like you said and mm-hmm. we really have to avoid those here again like you said temptations a lot of a lot of key words you used right there in that i think as coaches we get caught up sometimes in well I, and, and it's and rightfully so as men and especially heads of your house uh, breadwinners, uh, you know, got to bring in, you got to bring home the bacon, man. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. so, so I think sometimes we, we may get focused on that and sometimes there's, there's a time and a place for it. And that's what I've learned time and a place to kind of think about reevaluate money and, and how does it play a role within your career? Because obviously you have to make a living and then go back and think about, Hey, why, why did I start doing this in the first place? Was it to make money? Because if it was, it's probably the the wrong career path. And right, and, yeah. And, yeah. And ultimately, I think that humility, and and then the ability to kind of, uh, like Paul says, I'm content with or without. You know, I, and I think that's uh, that's a big time, a characteristic of a coach of a successful coach is really understanding being self-aware of where they're at in space. Like I'm good where I'm at. If, if I get more great, but I'm good where I'm at. And, uh, you know, and, and I kind of, kind of want to talk to you too about your Twitter handle. I see where it's kind of, uh, I I looked at it and I said, okay, Luke one thirty seven. I looked it up and I saw it says for the word of God will never fail. And I hear what you're saying to me, so I'm I'm thinking this guy has to be rooted in that. Otherwise, you know, yeah. why would he put that? There's significance to it. Uh, most of us coaches, we don't do things just because there's significance to everything that we do, even a Twitter handle. Uh, so, is, does that does that kind of define who you are as an individual, your identity? Do you find that in the Word or, or in, in your walk with God? Yeah. I- I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope, uh, man, I think to be transparent, I think we live, um, this life, uh, and I, I want that. Um, I, I would say maybe 15 to 20% of my day is, is make, that might even be high. It operates in that, in that realm. Um, you know, but, uh, I, I do 
want I guess that's probably the basis of like why I am where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I, I for the first time in life I would say I feel a calling on where I'm at and yeah. I know that this is where God wants me to be. Um do I operate in that every second of every day? I really wish I did, but I don't yeah. to be transparent. But um it's the it's the foundation. Yeah. Um it's the foundation of the house that I live in. And um, I just, sometimes things connect to me. I think God sometimes has put things in my mind and my heart and multiple times that too many times a coincidence is not a coincidence. You know, right, something right. gets revealed to you or said to you or um, you run into it like five or six times in a short amount of time. Like, all right, that's not a coincidence. So then you start diving into it. And that was one, Luke 137 was, uh, I think NIV says for nothing is impossible with God and, yeah, and yeah. like, okay, initially it's probably like, Hey, that's cool. Like I want to be cool, but that is my, as my, I don't know if I necessarily yeah. believed it at the time, but, um, <laughs> six years later, uh, I can say that, yeah, that's, that's pretty much true, man. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I probably don't live that every day, but I know that I can point to time and time and time again that like, how in the world am I doing what I'm doing right now? I have no clue um, what I'm doing. And, and somehow I'm sitting in Christ King High School at 1130, getting ready to play on that wow. television. Like, what in the world? Uh, Big time but coach. I know that that is uh, probably the foundation of it. And I yeah. wish, and I, I do want to strive to live in a God-breathed world more and more each day um, and not stress about stupid stuff, but yeah. That's, that's definitely the foundation. Got you. It was better than putting your, your Twitter handle being like something like uh, Luke, I'm your father or something like that. Like, you know, <laughs> that could have been. I hear that a bunch, man. I've heard that all the time. <laughs> I'm pretty so, sure, man. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, given all the success you've had, Coach, and, and you're talking about your calling, being in Christ the King Gym, which is somewhere I aspire to be one day, whether to watch games or what, you know, the, the, the platform that you've been given and, and kind of set in. And I asked this question because I know a lot of coaches talk about how much we can learn from losing. And, and, and unfortunately, I think we've both learned a little too much at times. Um, but what have you learned about through the success? What have you learned about building culture, culture and setting expectations by all the success you've had? Yeah, I, I, I love that word culture. Um, and I'm sure if you ask Phil this too, he would say the same thing. I think it gets tossed around a lot and I don't think, um, it's lived out enough. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. If there's one thing like, and Kyle, like, uh, Kyle would laugh when I told him, when I tell you this, but like, it's true. If there was one thing that I learned from, from him was that, like what's done on a day to day basis is, um, what you allow, you promote what you allow right. to happen every day, you yeah. promote to the world. So, so true. Um, what, what we demand on day one needs to be demanded on day 90. And yeah. um, it's easy to start that way. It's hard to finish that way. And so yeah. to me, culture is the biggest thing of what we do, regardless of what ranking the player is that comes in, what ranking the player that, that leaves, like they all need to be um, held to certain non-negotiables of like, Hey, I mean, we're, we're not, we're diving for balls. We're boxing out every play. We're doing all the little things that our team needs everybody to do um, and demand that every day. And then demand, um, you know, kids to 
street people ride. And, and when we walk into gyms, we don't wear headphones. That's from Kyle. That's Kyle, his yeah. principle. Like, we don't wear headphones when we walk into gyms. We take headphones off. We take hoods off. We take hats off. And we want to be presentable to people and talk to people and um, serve people. And that that's, that is what's demanded day to day. And um, that's culture. And so, yeah. Uh, Kyle would tell you that my X's and O's and things that I would run and do and stuff might be, uh, might have been a little bit more advanced than him because I'd just been in college basketball. Yeah. But if I come in the door and just try to be that, it's not gonna, it's not gonna produce, um, something that is going to be successful and, uh, learning how to hold people to, um, their best every day and, and set a culture, uh, that is what has shaped um, our success. And so I think people know coming in the door and kids know coming in the door, like, hey, we know what Sunrise is, man. It's going to be tough and it's going to be hard and we're going to hold them to the best and push them. And, um, you know, and I think ultimately I, I believe kids want that. And yeah. once you're a part of something that that's pure and that's true, like you buy in more. And, yeah. you know, you'll have some outliers of kids that like can't handle it, but, um, I think the majority of kids want that. And once they're a part of it, they feel it's different. And, um, and that, that it just kind of builds itself. But that is, that's a pillar. Um, and I think people use the word a lot. And I think, um, just using the word and actually doing it is, is completely different. Yeah. So what you're talking about with culture kind of leads into leadership and, and kind of like, you know, taking the bull by the horns, and not just being responsive or reactive, but really being on the offense when it comes to leading, building culture, uh, letting kids know from the onset, no, this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. Uh, you you can learn to love it, learn to like it, but you're still going to do it. And I think like you said non-negotiables. That's so key when it comes to building culture. And uh, so, so I would ask you this, Coach. How do you define team success? Uh, you know, team success to me is, uh, you know, cliche crap. But like to me, team success is like uh, we're, we we come become very very close, mm-hmm. and um, each person has an important part of what we are. I would say, and then I would okay. say that um, we are the same day in and day out. Right. Um, circumstances don't dictate how we perform or how we act. Circumstances don't change who we are um, day in and day out. And then, um, you know, I think a certain level of edge or grit is is a key ingredient too. That's and, awesome. Uh, competitiveness and drive. And I, I think we talk about this a lot. Um, the school board does not tell us how good we are. <laughs> the scoreboard never gotcha. tells us gotcha. that we are lights on a board don't mean anything yeah we know if we are good we yeah. know what it is In we know that know. yeah 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 and that's 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 always been our message um i think that, and i stole that from kyle i mean i just to be honest i stole that from kyle like scoreboard doesn't dictate how we play refs don't dictate how we play a, ru- a ruckus crowd doesn't dictate how we play we do what we do and we see tangible success from it and winning becomes a part of that and not the, not the goal you know the goal is yeah. to be our best be our best selves and that's right. caring for each other it's handling adversity that's you know 
um, not getting in the way of each other and, and, and competing at a high level, playing with a little bit of an edge, and um, usually the lights end up being on our on our, on our behalf right. um, when we do that. You know, Coach, those are sound principles, and I hope that every coach that's listening kind of jots it down because I'm jotting it down as we're talking. Uh, and I think I love what you said about having an edge because I think that's – kids are too cool nowadays. They're, they're really too cool. And I, and we have a saying in, 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 the, in my gym is that, you know, keep that cool stuff out of here. Like nobody likes the cool guy. Like nobody likes the cool guy overall anyways. Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody who thinks they're so cool and, and walking around like whatever. I mean, it's just it's it's fake and it's whack. And I think as college coaches come in to see you, they don't want to see the cool guy. They want to see the guy with the yeah. edge. And that's why it's I guess that's really why it's important when I hear you say to to kind of embed that and instill that into players about having an edge. Yeah, the co- college coaches have told me countless numbers a number of times that we want to see what a kid does differently. We want to see what he does the best. And we're looking right. for something, you know, just different about the kid because you can find, you know, pretty much the same player throughout the country, but what separates them. And, yeah. and, and I think yeah. that's, that's really key. And I, and I understand yeah. now why the guys you bring in are so successful, not just because they have the talent and the, and the stars in front of their name, but because they have an edge. And like you said, grit, there's a lot to be said for that. There, there really is. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think, like, we're setting these kids up to be successful in the future. Yeah. They're going to go to college campus in June and summer one. And, like, now there's 15 dudes on a roster yeah. that are all just as good as you, if not better. And so then how do you separate yourself? So what's, what's, how do you separate yourself? And then um, you, you're trying to, trying to make money playing this game. Like, you talk about 450 roster spots in the NBA for – millions of players like how do you separate yourself you know at some point talent to watch everybody's talented at that level and like how what kind of person are you going to be every day you know and we don't address that if i don't address that then i fail i fail the kids i fail their parents i fail their families like so um to to me that's kind of responsibility as a coach like that's that's my job and um if we build that into them then their, their future endeavors will be much more um successful that's fantastic, Coach. So, like, on the other side of that where you say, if we don't do this, that, and the third, we fail the kids, we fail the parents, ultimately failing the program and all the stakeholders involved, uh, how does it feel when you don't fail them and they head off to the next level and succeed beyond where you're at? You know, because I, 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 I take a lot of joy in things like that. How does it make you yeah. feel when a kid – graduates and is headed to the next level with just kind of a, the raw emotion. How, how does that make you feel coach? It's, it's super, super rewarding, you know, because you, you know, people, you and I know, and a lot of people that do what we do know, like the amount of time, energy and effort and yeah. that goes into it. And so, um, and sometimes in those moments where you're pouring into that time and that energy, the fruits aren't being, you know, seen right away. And yeah. Um, shoot, uh, even in my life, I can remember back to things that I thought was dumb at the time. Yeah. And then I, as an older guy, you start to think back, like, oh, that actually did impact me pretty, pretty uh, drastically. And so I even think four or five years from now, some of those guys, will, some of the things we do will click with them and, and maybe they didn't click right away. But yeah. um, uh, I, I look at watching play and it's like, 
uh, I don't have a kid. I don't have a son. Or I don't have a daughter or anything. But it's like proud papa. You sit back and, yeah. and watch and yeah. um, see them grow and see them do what they love to do and, and know that um, you know you have a small part in it and and know uh, like like we talked about earlier that our relationship is is really strong and um, it's fun to sit back and and put your feet up and turn a game on and um, enjoy their success from yeah, afar. Definitely. So, Coach, what do you sacrifice on a daily basis or overall? What do you sacrifice to do what you do every day? Oh, man. Um, early in my career, uh, when I first got to Sunrise, man, it was uh, – I'm not even sure how it was possible. And I was back uh, – I was coaching Mocan. I was um, driving to Kansas City every weekend in the spring, coaching wow. practice and games and then coming right back recruiting and um it, it was it was bizarre like the amount of time and effort that it took but so i think with that um uh, being consumed in that like i sacrificed um you know a lot of personal life um you yeah. know relationships and, and even some family things i missed and, and yeah. things like that that uh don't become secondary i do think uh healthier wise now like I, I try to balance that yeah um, yeah i do put bearings on like i, I don't sometimes i i'll just want unless it's urgent i won't answer phone calls i won't gotcha. immediately text back right away like I, I try to balance it a little bit better um to where you're, you're always good I, about it with me though coach that's good let's keep that going though yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean and I, I will try to get back to everybody sometimes yeah, i just yeah. put in situations i just try to put my phone away right right, right. i want to be spread where i'm at and yeah. Things like that, I've, I've had to grow into because before I would just constantly be on it and constantly like I couldn't be present. Um, so as I as I date a girl, like I, you know, I, she's been a, a good part of that of like helping me learn to put that away and like it, you know if it's yeah. an emergency, you know it'll you'll know it's an emergency. Yeah. If it's not, like it, it, it'll be okay. And yeah. um, and so like that's that's been. In a, in a six-year career of learning to balance the two to where I don't sacrifice as much, it's gotcha. been a good, um, it's been a good balance. But I mean, it's, you know, there's, I love, I love when kids want to work. So if a kid texts me and wants to get in the gym at 6 a.m., like I'm going to be there. I just, That's great. If you're willing to do it, I'm there. Yeah. I'm not going to force you to be there. Um, and so now you're sacrificing a little bit of your, you know, your bed and you're sacrificing some sleep and you're, there's, there's a daily thing that you give up. But, um, you know, I think the the role that we have, um, it, 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 well, I don't have kids, so it's a different deal. Like, I, yeah. the role I have, um, I get to be involved in these guys' lives for like 10 months, like really, really intently, um, daily. And um, I don't know of any other thing that, that provides that. I, I'm sure there's other, other careers, but yeah. um, what we get to do is pretty, pretty special. No, it is, Coach. It definitely is, and it's uh... – something they never forget. Uh, you know, I kind of yeah. want to go back to one thing you said about your phone, turning it off. I think that it, I, I heard this from uh, Judah Smith on a, on, a, on a podcast, and he talked about just turning your phone off and turning yourself off. Like, we're on all the time for some reason. We feel like yeah. the world just needs us to be so vigilant. So, uh, I guess, just, you know, ready for something and sometimes we just kind of got to turn ourselves off and say, you know what, right now I'm in the space I'm in. 
I'm at where my feet are at. And that right there is so valuable for coaches because I think a lot of times we get caught up in what's the next move. What what do I need to do? How do I always wanting to be prepared. And I think that's for the, for the, for the, for the coach that's really looking to be successful and help kids be successful and players, you have to sometimes just turn yourself off. Yeah. Well, and I think what I've learned to do, like, and I, I haven't perfected or mastered it by any means, but if I don't do that, I don't fill myself back up, then I'm giving a fraction of myself to that yeah. kid. Yeah. And so, uh, that, that has been that's an ever that's an ever ending battle of like where where you how much do you need what but it it uh it definitely affected me positively like being able to do that being able Good. to shut yourself off and like spend my morning um and and filling myself back up so that I'm overflowing and it's not me yeah and uh I'm a better version of myself through that and yeah um like I said man uh, earlier like. I probably operate less than 15% in a God-made world that like, isn't me, you yeah. know, and our world is, like I said, driven towards got to be on, got to do, got to do, got to do, got to yeah. do. And um, the less that, uh, that I do that, it makes life, life much better. But um, it's definitely a constant um, thing that I'm, I'm definitely, um, I would say, processing and trying to figure out because yeah. I know it's been beneficial. Yeah, no, Coach. So there's something to say about the coach and the and the and the leader, who's constantly here again, considering others in their daily activities, considering the people who are on the other side of their leadership, and and I think that's what we're talking about. And so with all yeah. that, coach, with all the the success and and who you are, and and I and I know you see yourself somewhere in the future because you you really strike me as a person who's like even though you're good and content with where you're at, you know, what all could be waiting for you within, like I say, like a five-year plan, what's upcoming. Uh, what, what after that, after it's all said and done though, coach, and it's a big question, but I think it's something that when we do self-reflection and think about what do I want to happen overall when at the end of my life, I got to start doing it now and kind of set the, yeah. set the groundwork for it. So I would say, what what would you want your legacy to be, Coach, when it's all said and done? Man, uh, that's, a, that's a really loaded question. I think uh, I could probably talk about hours about that. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think our, our most people will say, you know, how many wins do you have and all that stuff, and yeah. um, that's not me again. That always becomes a byproduct. And so, if I could, if I could have words on on me of my legacy I would want it to be um, that I got I was able to get the most out of each um, kid yeah and uh, get every last drop and that it never came from a position of my selfish gain my ego yeah. or anything like that but um, as as like you care for people yeah. That okay because you're here. I care for you. I'm gonna try to get your best every day. Yeah. And uh, I think you build that daily and yearly, um, and then your legacy becomes the amount of people that have been in your program now that are off 
doing what they're doing and, and uh, have maybe taken a few things from here and there and, and, and put it into what they're doing because that's ultimately my legacy is probably going to be um, tied back to Coach Kyle and Coach Potter and to my, my dad. And so hopefully that I would say my legacy would be, you know, there's parts of what we do now that will last generationally for people that um, will help them become the men that they're supposed to be and whatever career path that, that ends in. Yeah. That's basketball, that's basketball. That's not, that's not, you know, so, um, and, and uh, kind of going back to the, the, those lights on that board don't matter yeah. um, as much. And each year they're becoming less um, significant, yeah. important to me, yeah. you know. Um, so that's probably what I would want to the people that I have been involved with um, feel that for me and, and feel that it's genuine and it's not um, anything for, for my gain. Got you, Coach. That That's fantastic, and I think that's kind of where a lot of us as coaches really want to be, like you said, about getting the full potential out of a player. Uh, what what was the whole point as far as preparing these guys to become a, you know active engage members of society, whether it's through being uh, a CEO, uh, an everyday uh, worker, a father, a husband, whatever whatever is in the future for them, and just preparing them to get the best out of themselves at that point and their families, you know, because that's it's kind of reciprocal, I think, all the way through. It's not just – it doesn't just end with you and the player. It can be taught, right. and then it can be taught to teach again – to their families and, and, and the people that they're involved with. And, and I think that's fantastic. So coach, yeah, I really appreciate, appreciate you being able to make some time to be on the podcast today. Uh, you're a very gracious person, uh, patient and, and kind man. And I, and I thank you so much for being who you are. Uh, you know, having been in contact and relation with you for here for the last four years now, uh, I just, I feel like, man, I need to have this guy on because more, I think enough people know who you are, but I think more people need to know who you are. And other coaches as well that tune in, I think can really appreciate what you've done after hearing from you and not just say, well, yeah, it's it's easy to do what he does when you have, you know, this, that, and the third and those resources. But the reality is you can have all that and still fall flat on your face. And I think that's right. uh, and sometimes that 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 kind of speeds up the process of falling on your face when you have so much. <laughs> so I think I agree. You've been a good steward of it. You've been a, a real a real stand up guy, and and I believe that's not just my experience. I think that's anybody who's come in contact with you. So I, I, I wish you continued success. I'll, I'll constantly be praying for you, man, that you get more time to to invest into the things that other things that that really you want to be involved in and uh and hope and, and pray that you know uh that you can have here again god takes you to where you need to be and where he wants you to be and uh so, well, i appreciate that i think for it's an honor to be uh, it makes me uncomfortable when people talk about me like that but uh, <laughs> i appreciate the kind words and, and uh i'm uh thankful to be a part of it of your of the show man i appreciate what you're doing and trying to help people and um there needs to be more of this, you know. Um, yeah. There needs to be more of this stuff going around. So yes, there is goodness in this in this in this game of basketball. Unfortunately, 
a lot of people see the bad stuff, but there is yeah. a lot of good people actually trying to do the right thing. Definitely. And um, I wish that was shared more. And so yeah. I think this is a start. So I appreciate you doing it. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47. Thank you.